and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino. And guys, March has finally sprung upon us. The NCAA tournament is just right around the corner. Conference tournament also are around the corner, but it is probably one of the most exciting times in all of professional sports and even collegiate sports as now we get to watch what it looks to be a very interesting NCAA tournament considering how unpredictable this NCAA season has been. To quote the great John Rothstein, this is March. I, 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 you stole it from me. I was going to go there. Yeah. Uh, I st- but you too. Well, we sleep in May, so there's two of them. You okay, steal that's, fair. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you, you could steal anything else, but I'm going to steal those two right off the bat. That's yeah. uh, it's understandable. This college basketball season has been an absolute mess. Like, no other way around it. You've had ranked, number one ranked teams lose to unranked teams. You've had just about everything happen. Well, that's, that, happen. that happens a lot, though. Number one ranked no, teams losing unranked teams. Multiple but, times. <laughs> but you're right. Losing multiple times, that's where it gets funny. Like, this has been yeah, a mess. And- we have instances of maybe a, like one conference having nine teams in one tournament. Like that's it has been an absolute mess. Like, well, I think the number. I think we're, we're going to go in that conference later. But the all-time uh, highest amount of teams making the tournament, at least from the conference, is from the Big East in 2011, where they sent 11 teams to the NCAA tournament. I yeah. don't think that's rematched this year, but. That's just nine is still a lot coming from a single conference. That's almost unheard of. Well, especially right. nine from a conference with, you know, we'll get there. You know, what? never mind. We're, we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, it's been an unpredictable season to say the least. In my opinion, there's really not a favorite to win the national championship. It's that wide open. And with the way the season has gone, I think only time will tell us. And, you know, usually when it gets down to conference tournament season, that's when you see a lot of these upsets happen, start off, even before the NCAA tournament even happens. Um, you know, just going into a couple of the rankings, you know, obviously the top 10 right now, as it stands, is Houston, Alabama, Kansas, UCLA, Purdue, Marquette, Baylor, Arizona, Texas, and Gonzaga. But as we've seen all season, that, you know, those top 10 rankings have been shaken up each and every, you know, week, month. It has been that good of a season, to say the least. And because of that, it's really going to come down to, you know, what how these conference tournaments go and where these certain teams will be seated once March Madness hits. So yeah. this is going to sound crazy, even though they've been kind of on a rough streak. This is my favorite going into the NCAA tournament, barring injuries. It's going to be Purdue. Okay. When you look at their record, they only really – they didn't really lose at home. The one time that – or the two times they lost at home – was one to Rutgers, who I I have a soft spot for. If there's any team in the New York City area that's not performing well, uh, if it can't be St. John's, I want it to be Rutgers. Now, that, now that that's out of the way, the other team they lost to was Indiana. And if you understand the whole IU and PU rivalry, you would understand that it makes sense for Purdue to lose not one but two games in Indiana. I'm not going to excuse it, but... The two times they did lose at home were to Rutgers and Indiana for the entire season. Every other single game they uh, they won this year, whether it was on a neutral court or at home, twenty four and five in the season. I think they're my favorites going into the uh, into this tournament from the top ten. That's definitely fair. Um, I actually think that it's this year's national champion going to come out of the top ten. I really. I'm not really sold on any of these top 10 teams. I'm not going to say who yet. I haven't really decided who I'm picking as my favorite. But with the way this season has been, I don't even think a a one seed or a two seed might even end up in the Final Four. Like, I don't think there's going to be a single one seed in the Final Four. There's two teams I'm looking at that are outside the top 10. I'm not going to see who they are yet, but we can go into it as we preview the... um... As we preview each conference individually, Nick, do you have any comments on any favorites going into the uh, into this uh, conference tour? Into the, I guess, into the entire tournament. Not even talk about conference tournament yet, but this, who's your favorite to win the whole thing right now? It's tough because you know a part of me wants to say Kansas because they have the experience of the defending national champions, but like you guys have said, there's just really no team that has solidified themselves at making that run. A team, Johnson, I think you and I maybe could agree on that maybe might make a sneaky run. I don't know if you'll agree as much as I would. It could be Marquette 
They have had a really good season. They just won the Big East title outright last night. And Shaka Smart has experience in the NCAA tournament. They're going to be a very interesting team to watch once, you know, the conference tournament starts. And then once, depending on where they are seated, where they're seated in this NCAA tournament, I think they have a realistic good shot of potentially making a run and maybe winning a national championship. You're right. This is one of the teams I I think is battle tested. It's one of the, they did play Purdue really early in the season on the road, only losing by five. And Purdue, I think is a good litmus test. Yeah, and they have some really good wins on the season, too. I mean, earlier in the year, they knocked off Baylor by 26 points. But we'll get into more of their, you know, their, those records for quad ones, quad twos. But let's get into some of the, you know, conferences. And we'll start off with some of the big power six conferences. That's obviously ACC, Big 12, the Big East, the Pac-12, the SEC. Um, I'm trying to think and of the Big of, Ten. The Big Ten, thank you. I was trying to think of which one I forgot. Um, so they <laughs> listen, there's a lot of conferences and sometimes I, I miss, I'm, you know, mess up. Probably with, left when it comes out, to you that probably left like out the best one this season. Yeah, really? That's, that's true. Yeah. The big 10 has been very, very good this season. Um, but let's get into the ACC and there's been a lot of, you know, shocking development in the ACC. Um, at the top of the conference right now is currently the Pitt Panthers, which I don't think a lot of people had going into the season as the being currently the number one seat if the season ended today. So it's been a really good year for them, as much as I hate to say that. Um, Miami and Virginia are also right behind them just by a half game, so they have a realistic good chance of making it there. Other teams to note about, um, Duke right now, looks like they're solidifying their stance into the NCAA tournament as well as NC State and Clemson. And a team that's on the bubble right now, North Carolina and Wake Forest, those two teams really going to need to do some work down the stretch of the season and into conference tournament play if they're going to make the NCAA tournament. This is especially for North Carolina, considering how far they made it last season. You know, what I don't get to the whole net. This is my problem with the whole net system. There's too much human bias involved with it, but you might be saying, Oh, well, but it's just numbers. Yes. But at the beginning of the season, before anything is even done, probably two or three weeks into the season, they're already slotting these teams in the net. And then the same thing with Ken Palm, because Ken Palm is another tool that's really underutilized uh, by many of us, but it's going to be used by the the selection committee. They're going to use Ken Palm, and in the beginning of the year, Ken Palm already has predetermined spots where where these teams are already at. So if you're a good team, if you start off with a good net, let's say you start off with 25 and you battle the entire year, you may not only drop down to 40, where another team in the same situation could have the same exact season, they could start at 70 and they could drop all the way down to 110. So that's where the human bias comes in, which I really don't like. Because this is, and the reason why I bring this up is the difference between Wake Forest and North Carolina. Wake Forest is 86 in the net and UNC is 45 in the net. Wake Forest is 18 and 12, 10 and 9 conference play. North Carolina is 19, 11, 11, 8 in conference play. The best win North Carolina has is at home versus Virginia when they rank number six in the country. Now, Wake Forest has home wins versus Wisconsin and Duke. They have technically one more quad one win. So a team, two teams that are so similar in resume, and they have pretty much the same amount of quality wins because I, I really won't count Wisconsin as a quad one win because it's kind of on the borderline there, but they pretty much have the same quality win. Why is Vanette so different? They play in the exact same conference. When you look at their quad three and their quad four games, it's not too much big of of a difference there. I, I realize that you and um, that Wake Forest has a couple more quad three losses than North Carolina, but at the end of the day, these resumes really aren't too different to me. Jimmy, you literally just brought it up: quad three losses. That's a problem. Like- it's uh, it's so tough because one of them they lost to Boston College earlier in the year. If you remember that that had Boston College had that miracle. I don't want to call it miracle game, but um. They got pretty lucky that game. And losing to Boston College on the road is technically a quad for your loss, which is tough. Yeah, but, I mean, you literally just contradicted yourself. I mean, that that's the issue right there. You cannot lose the quad three teams. Well, would and, you rather have someone who has more quad one wins and slightly more quad three losses? Or, But here's the thing. Do you think two more quad three losses adds up to 40 points in the net? When they have when, 40, when on paper, but, on paper, Duke is a way better win than Virginia. Okay, I, I'm also I'm also going to say it this way too, of like, but 
I'd rather lose quad one games than quad three games. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and this is this again. Here's another problem from that. In that quad two column for Wake Forest, they beat number nineteen Clemson, Clemson at the time. That's a quad. That's really a quad two win for them. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's let's be real for a second here. Oh, it's just, it's the way I look at it is you have to win the games you you're supposed to win, and quad three games are games you're supposed to win. I know what you mean, but like losing on the road in college basketball is technically I don't want to say acceptable, but it happens way more often in college than the pros. That's why you almost always take home underdogs because they're just that's just, that's how it goes. If you've ever bet on college sports, anyone out there, you always take the home no, underdogs. Of but I, I just you expect them to either win or cover. That's just the nature of college sports. Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, for me, it's just that's just the way I look at it. I look at it as those are games you got to win, and they're inexcusable losses, especially to, to a team like to me. To me, they only realistically Wake Forest only really has one bad loss, which is LMU in California, and uh, that's a damn problem. <laughs> they play, I know, but to, listen, but you have to remember, wait, LMU also has two quad one wins. They beat LMU Gonzaga and St. Mary's. I think they're number four in their uh, in the WCC. Yeah, so basically, they lost speaking. to a team. Yeah, LMU is a bad loss, but they beat Gonzaga on the road and they beat St. Mary's at home. Gonzaga's frauds anyway. So, I mean... I, how can you call Gonzaga frauds when they have wins over Michigan State? They have wins over Kentucky. They have wins they've over always Xavier, been frauds. Alabama. Uh, a, come on. Oh, I'm going to say this. It's a personal thing for me when it comes to Gonzaga. I, I'll admit it. But So, yeah, frauds. to me, this is what the whole problem with the quad system is. The three quad three losses of Wake Forest is the LSU, Boston College, and LMU. LMU has quality wins over St. Mary's and Gonzaga. They really don't have any bad losses. And they lost to two Power 5 teams on the road. I, I don't really see the issue with that. And they were not by like, oh, they got blown out. They lost by a bucket. They lost 70-72, 71-69, both those games. So to me, this whole quad system, this whole net ranking system is inherently flawed. And this is my big piece of uh, of information. So I'm going to give you a blank resume. And I want you guys even to guess the conference this is coming out of. Net of 30. 22 and 7 overall, 11 and 5 in conference play. They have four quad four, uh, one losses. There's 6 and 1 in quad 2, uh, 12 and 1 in quad 3, and 3 and 1 in quad 4. They are net of 30. Guess who this team is? I'm not going to guess, Johnson. Yeah, I, 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 we, no, I, I, you know why? Because we, look, we looked at it yesterday, and, yeah, I I remember you, and I remember you saying it. You can tell the viewers and uh, the listeners at home who it is because Grayson, you I, want to I take a shot? It, I know who it is. I'm looking straight at it. It'd be kind of cruel to take a guess. Yeah. So this is Utah State. So that means if you beat Utah State at Utah State, or if you beat them on a neutral zone, or you beat them on a uh, on the way court, you get a quad one win for beating Utah State. They have no good wins, and their their best win of the season. Is against Oral Roberts. That is the best win of the season they have. And they have they have that and they have a home win versus Nevada. The West the rest of these games, oh yeah, they beat Bradley, Colorado State, uh, Washington State. These are their best wins. And this is a net thirty team quad one victory. No, uh, and I understand, but there's gotta be a happy medium to how much you put in how much stock you put into the net? This is yeah. This is why you really can't. I can't put any stock into it when it's producing results like this. Are you watching Mountain West uh, basketball? There's one Gonzaga and St. Mary's play. Does that count? That's the no. about as much as them. Do you think? Okay. Do you think that Michigan State and Utah State are in the same realm, or Virginia and Utah State are in the same uh, same zone, or even Indiana or and Utah State? <laughs> I, I can't say anything. I haven't watched Utah State I have. play. They're not. They don't have. They haven't been able to rise to the occasion. Have you watched their games? Uh, I've seen the game when they played against San Diego State, which was they had a, a close game when they were hosting them. I remember watching that uh, out. I believe Nick and I were out 
with uh, one night, and they turned on Utah State, San Diego State. Remember, Nick, I put that bet in that San Diego right. State was uh, was right. going to win out right when they were right. down. Okay, so, yeah, but-, but my point is, is that like you're judging straight strictly off numbers, like. I don't think that's fair to judge teams strictly off numbers. I I just don't see how good the Mountain West is has a bunch of these teams and whether they're 15, 29, 30, 35, 48. This is a power between the net is apparently if you put these just completely blank, if you put this blank, you would think this is the Pac 12 rankings right now, side by side. Yeah, that's not saying very much. But I mean, you think the Mountain West and the Pac 12 is that much of a difference? Not really. Uh, that's kind of insulting to teams like USC and UCLA. Um, I mean, that's to, to me, this whole net ranking is kind of flawed. I mean, the record, don't get me wrong, what we had before wasn't great, but this needs a lot of tweaking going forward. I'm not saying you're wrong. It, it definitely needs to get tweaked, but like, I'm saying more of like, I, I wouldn't say devil's advocate, but you have to look at everything else around it. Like, you're looking strictly numbers. Like, I prefer for me to look more of you watch a team play, you have a good feel on how a team is. Like, I don't know. Like, and we're not experts. We to don't me, I've, to me I've seen Utah State play and I've seen Duke play this year. Duke would absolutely murder Utah State. I'm not saying, and, and Duke and in, in Utah State are within that same, that same I, bracket. Um, but I'm not saying that for this specific scenario. I'm just saying it as a in general. Like, sure, if you want to talk about net outside the top 75, I think it's accurate. But when you actually get in the top 75, and that's where it matters, then there's kind of, then there's pretty glaring issues with that. If you want to talk about Syracuse being ranked 112, are they probably are they ranked 112 in the country? Probably. There are 500 power five. I'm not picking on Syracuse for any reason, Nick, but that's just who comes to mind. They're a 500. No, they're no, they're a 500 power five program, which I think um, yeah, a lot of lost, the better. Um, lost to Georgia Tech by 20 points last night. Besides the point. Yeah, but like I'm saying, they belong there. They belong in. Uh, they they're trash. Yeah, but I'm not saying. Yeah, because I think a team like Utah State would beat Syracuse. I think they beat them soundly. But would they be a team like? NC State or Miami? I don't think so. Well, Miami, I don't know because they just lost to Boston College. Yeah. I won't agree with you at NC State. I think NC State would beat them because they just have off. Just they have talent. they have one big time player in correct me if I'm pronouncing his name out Tarquavian, I think his name is so Smith. I yep. could be butchering that name completely wrong, but he's projected to go in the NBA draft and be a high lottery pick, so just based I mean, on that alone, maybe just off I don't talent. Know. Like, like, here's what I'm gonna say: we have we only got into one conference, and we still have five other conferences to go. So. I know, but I wanted to get this whole net There's thing one, out of the yeah. out of the way before we continue going into the conferences, just so right. we kind of realize: yes, this is a flawed system, but this is what we're going to have to use going forward. Right. But going back to the ACC. Uh, Give me either Duke or Virginia to win this all. It's right. So the tournament's going to happen. Who, uh, gonna happen down south. So give me Duke or Virginia. Um, I'm taking Virginia as well. Um, you're both not going to like my pick. I'm taking UNC. I don't I hate think, it. I don't I hate that pick. I think no, they're getting. I, don't I think they're all. getting hot at the right time. Yeah, they're they're fighting that. for the tournament live right now. I think they can make a type of run and get into the tournament because I, because I think realistically, I think they just need two wins, and I think you're in the tournament no matter what. So I think the winner of the upcoming Duke North Carolina game, uh, which UNC is hosting, it's a home game yeah. for them on the fourth. Uh, they're gonna one of those two teams is probably gonna win the whole tournament. That, yeah, that'd, that'd be I my would. guess. I don't uh, Virginia though. I just you know. Pitt is a paper tiger. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I'm good for them. They're having a good season. Uh, I they're like not what, what they're they doing. Used to be. No, they're not what. The, but a lot of teams that transition from the Big East to the ACC and all these other conferences, they're not what they used to be. Right. Nature of the beast. Yeah, that's fair. Now the question I'm asking myself is: Do I go to the the uh, conference I want to go to next, or do I just save that? Oh, for really, last? No, you might as well just start that now. Might as well get. Out All of right, let's go to the Big Twelve because I know there's going to be an argument between you two, and it's going to make everyone at home want to grab their popcorn. Um, 
this is the conference I was alluding to earlier, where there's a realistic shot that nine to eight, you know, eight to nine teams make the tournament in this conference. You have Kansas at the top, as I said, the reign defending national champions. But you have some big time teams as well in this conference. Number nine, Texas. Number seven, Baylor. Number 11, Kansas State. TCU is also right there. They're number five in the conference. You have other teams like Iowa State and Oklahoma State. West Virginia currently in the latest bracket is one of the last four teams with a bye to be in the tournament. And then Texas Tech is one of those teams on the bubble that's trying to fight their way in to make the NCAA tournament. So this has been a really good season for the Big 12. And like I said, there's a realistic shot that nine of these teams could make the NCAA tournament. It's really going to come down to how they finish the season and how they do in conference play. All right, I'm going to start off. Texas Tech doesn't belong near the bubble. That's an insult to bubble teams. Okay. I was going to go ahead and say that. I mean, the teams that they played outside uh, outside Comscoy, you played Georgetown. Wow, you beat up a team that has two Big East wins, two Power 5 teams or Power 6 wins in the last two seasons. So they've played 50 Power 5 or Power 6 games in the last two seasons. You have two wins. Congratulations, Georgetown. Louisville is a national disaster. I'm not even going to go into that. Yeah, Louisville's bad. That's that's horrendous. LSU is, not, is having a down year. Uh, and then they lost to Ohio State. So that's who they played outside the Big 12. So to me, the, the only team worth a damn outside, you know, Power 5, outside the Big 12 they played is Ohio State, and they lost that game on a neutral court. That's fair. What I will say for Texas Tech, though, and I agree with you, I really don't think they deserve to be there. But with wins against, you know, Iowa State, Kansas State, Texas, like, it's not like they haven't won a fair amount of ranked games this season. Yes, but ranked ranked (laughs) wins don't get you to the tournament. (laughs) They They only get it if you have a good resume below it. I mean, they're still... Above like, 500 teams. Texas I Tech, mean, outside those Big 12, outside of conference play, they got the St. John's schedule, man. Oh, no. Outs- outside I'm, of conference play, me. they got the St. John's schedule. I'm not here to defend Texas Tech. I I do not think that they deserve to be there, nor do I really believe Oklahoma State deserves to be there. But it, it's hard for, I feel like, a lot of people to – not at least keep Texas Tech there because of how tough the Big 12 schedule is. Like, I mean, here's the thing that's going to happen, Grace, and it happens every year. The Big 12 is going to get a team or two teams into the Sweet 16 out of the seven or eight teams they send them. The Big ooh. East is going to get two teams into Sweet 16 with the five teams they send there. I disagree with that, actually. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. All right, tell me I'm wrong. Take a look at any. Take a look at pretty much any tournament over the last twenty years, and tell me I'm wrong. Uh, last year you were wrong. How many nice teams the Big Twelve have this in the Sweet Sixteen? I didn't talk I'm about winning sure. at all. I talk. I'm talking. I'm pretty sure three. Wow, so three out of what nine? One third. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the Big East last year they, they had send, UConn, they had Nova, I'm and they had Xavier all make it there too. I'm pretty positive they didn't have nine teams there last year, but I could be wrong. All I'm saying is it's going to be the same thing over and over again. The Big 12 is going to send about eight or nine teams, and two of them are going to make the Sweet 16. And you're talking about the conference that's produced back-to-back national champions. Oh, congratulations. Probably a third. What do you guys Uh, have? I mean, if you want to talk about actual good conferences over the last 20 years, you have two national championships in 20 years? No. This is the part, folks, where you grab your popcorn. Hold on one second. I, I want to make sure I have the exact number. And you're talking about a conference that has only 10 teams in it? Okay, just how many national championships in the last 20 years? Can can you give me a second? Continue on the rest of your, you know, little, I know the Big East is the best conference, which is bullshit, but it's okay. I mean, they've produced six, and in the last 20 years, they've produced six of the last 20 national champions. Hold on, no, you're counting fucking UConn that was already gone. No, No, I'm counting 2011 UConn. If you want to count 2014 UConn, it's seven. But I'm counting 2011 UConn only. I don't know about that. I don't trust you. I mean, I don't. Do you want me to list the list the teams? Uh, I'm looking right now. Hold on, give me. I'm working here. Okay. Like I'll give you the list of teams. Nova won it twice. UConn won it once. I, I mean, it, it's okay. Hold on. Uh, where, where's your other 20 years? Yeah. 
Syracuse, I think that's 03. Syracuse in 03. Uh, Connecticut in 04. Okay. Uh, Connecticut in 11. Louisville in 13. And Nova in 16 and 18. Okay, so how many is that? That's six. Okay. Three. They have three as of right now. Yeah, they have three. I mean, okay, but your your success is based. I mean, again, I'm going to say the same thing for Kansas. I was just about to say, you're, I know exactly where you're going uh, with the argument, but then I could he could easily just say Kansas. I, that's exactly what it is. Hundred percent. But it's based off two teams. That's it. And I, you're about to say, I understand that. Yeah, but, but I mean, talking, who's one? I mean, come but on. I'm talk, like, but I'm talking in the last five years. Are you going to tell me that the Big East has been a better conference than the Big Twelve? Uh, if the, if it was the last seven years, I'd say yes. I'm talking the last five. You're blocking off five, seven years. That's almost two graduating classes of teams. Uh, there's still, me? there's still players that started seven years ago playing college basketball right now. That's horrible. Oh, that's there's, still, there's still players out there, man. They're, they're still playing basketball. They started that's in like 2017. Terrible. They're 20. Yeah. They're, they're still there. Seven year seniors. They're still there. So that's still a relevant uh, statement. Yeah. No, that's fucking awful. But. The Big 12 this year has been a gauntlet. You are talking about every night you're either facing a ranked team or a, a good quality team. Like, uh, this is where it's going to get. West Virginia throttled Pittsburgh, who is number one in the ACC. Like... And this is West, where you now mute, mute your uh, 17 and, and lower your volume, folks. 6 and 11 in conference. I'm not – look, I think West Virginia deserves to be a tournament team. They've had a pretty good season. They Their losses have been close to really good teams. Uh, I, 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 Grayson, I, we've had this conversation. I don't I care about close losses. Neither does the committee. I, and I know they you don't. care about wins. Uh, but the committee already has them – I mean, Lenari already has them in right now. That's without a potential no- – Kansas State's coming into Morgantown this weekend. If they beat Kansas State, are they? Do you think they deserve to be a tournament team? Then you need to beat Kansas State to be in the tournament. No, I don't. They actually you, you could need to be. Lenardi even said they could afford a loss. Lenardi doesn't get everything right. He gets a lot of it right. I agree, but their resume has been good enough, in my personal opinion. This is also my favorite. I will team. say you get you're going to benefit from a weak bubble because out on these bubble teams. I'm going to say it's uh, straight up that Arizona State, Boise State, Wisconsin, and Mississippi State, all those teams that are the last four in, they shouldn't even be Here, there. Here's what I'm going to say. And what, worries me about, what worries me about West Virginia, and I and I could care less about this team. They're currently the eighth seed in the Big 12, which means they would have to go from day one to make a run in the tournament for oh, the Big 100%. 12. They could easily lose to Texas Tech in their first matchup because that's where they would play if the season ended today. That's fair. That's what worries me about West Virginia because a loss right there, that probably ends the season for you. I don't see a way yeah. where the committee is going to say, you know what, how can we put West Virginia in after they all, after they went one and done in the tournament? So that's what I'm saying, Grayson. You need to win against Kansas State because if you lose in that first round, that's it. I, I'm not disagreeing. I just... With how hard the conference has been, the fact that they're eighth, like, is insane. Yeah, but this it's a ten-person a... conference. Congratulations, you're better than two other teams. But that just shows how good this conference you is. You get a ribbon if you win eighth place in like any kind of competition. Do they go to the Olympics and have eighth? View? They have eight people standing up there. Me? Johnson, you want to compare the eighth in the the Big Twelve to the eighth in the the Big East right now? Yeah, but bottom of the Big East is all dog shit. DePaul is bad, Butler's bad, and Georgetown should be relegated to Division Three. Outside like, of what your top four, the Big East is average. Uh, I would say the well, top four are an elite. Well, are elite teams? Uh, I would say five through seven are good. Let's let's get let's wait a second for the Big East. Let's get into that in a second. Who is your guys' pick to win the Big Twelve Conference Tournament? Uh, we get Kansas, Kansas or Baylor? It's one of the two. Give me Kansas. Baylor's for, uh, fell off a little bit this season. So we're, so we're pretty much all taking Kansas. Yeah, I mean, to me, there's other teams in here which are good. Texas is a good team. Uh, Kansas State's not making a miracle run like the football team did. And Baylor's kind of fallen off in the last couple of years. Yes, I realize national champions, yada, yada, all that. 
no, keep fun in mind stuff. the tournament's also in Kansas, so home field. Yeah, with the yeah. usual, the usual yeah. bullshit. They need to start moving that. But to me, Baylor's had some pretty bad losses. They got remember they got smoked by Marquette by almost thirty earlier in the year. Uh, yeah, they've no. lost to Virginia from the ACC. They've been not yeah, ironclad. But what I'm going to say, too, though, is those are all early games in the season. Were they not? Yeah, Marquette was really bad early in the season, too. So that's yeah. not really helping you but, out there. I'm just It's just an in-general statement of, like, it, early teams. I give more of a pass on early games when your schedule is this tough. So being that as it may, let's now get into the Big East since we're talking about them during this, you know, highly contested debate. Um, realistically, as it looks like, it five teams probably make it out of the Big East as you know at the end of the day. I'd say it's a lock for five right now. Five or pretty um, much in there. Villanova and CNO would have to do work in the conference tournament at the end of the season to even have a chance to make the uh, conference tourney. Um, right now, as it stands, Marquette, as I alluded to earlier, they've already won the outright regular season Big East title. They also have Xavier, Providence, Created, and UConn. That's the round out the top five. And as I said, Villanova and Seton Hall right behind them. But like I said, they're going to need to do work in the Big East tournament to make a big-time run. Um, realistically, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to say this right now. It doesn't matter. Marquette's winning the Big East. So I don't think you've ever seen Marquette perform in the Big East tournament. That's the problem. I haven't. Uh, actually, Madison no, Square haven't. Garden in March for, for the Golden Eagles is a house of horrors for them. Uh, but I Nick, I, I don't... I don't want to take away from your monologue, Nick, so no, I want you to continue. No. I'm sorry. I just want to no, throw no, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, so if I'm – And we're looking want, to make Grace, picks. If go, you right, want, go right ahead. Grace, if you want, you could take you could take this because I'm going to take a second. You can take this uh, this first half. Yeah, no. I mean, Marquette's just – I think they're just in a rhythm right now. I, I just really like the way that team's been playing. Dukon, I, I mean, it's still a very solid team. That would probably be my other pick. But – I just have this feeling of Marquette. Like we said early on about the tournament, like I just feel they could potentially go on a crazy run and, you know, win the Big East and then go all and win as championship. So this is my deal with the Big East. UConn, Creighton was the big player early on. Everyone had Creighton pegged. This is going to be the team to beat in the Big East. And they got injured early on and they stumbled to a 500 record. And I was like, oh, Creighton sucks. They were playing without two of their best players, and they had games to Texas and Arizona, one-possession games early in the season, which they lost, but they still managed to pull up wins against like teams like Arkansas, out of conference play, and, uh, and you know, they had a, uh, a rough start to the non-conference, but when they got in the Big East play and they got healthy, teams started firing on all cylinders, so that's a sleeper for me, but this is what I'm alluding to, and Nick, you may not like this. This is my logic. UConn was, they were world eaters beginning of the season. They beat Alabama, Iowa State, they beat Florida. Oh, they pretty much even. went to, no, don't. here's, uh, I know what you're going to say. They went, they were world eaters for the first month of the yep. season. Then they came to the Big East and they, they became mid. So here's my pick to win the Big East tournament, and Nick, you're not going to like this. Villanova is playing UConn at home in three oh, days. No. They're going to beat even. UConn. They go 17 and 14. They're going to be an 11 and 9 no, going into the Big no. East tournament. They have the sixth seed locked up. It's a favorable seed. They're going to play night one versus Georgetown. They're going to absolutely smoke them. They're going to get to 18 wins. Then they're going to win the next two rounds, make the conference finals. I think they may lose in that, but I think just because they have the pedigree and they'll have. Uh, Four more quad one wins or three more quad one wins to end the season. They'll have five quad one wins in total. I think Villanova gets into the tournament. Now, who I actually picked to win the tournament, I think that's a coin flip. Uh, I'm going to go coin flip between UConn and Villanova as my sleeper. If you had to pick one. Uh, Madison Square Garden blows up. <laughs> I'm going to write you down Villanova because it sounds like you said you want to pick Villanova. I'm going to pick Villanova for the culture. Okay. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, I would hate to see that because I'm not a big fan of Villanova. Uh, but they, listen, they, you, as you said, they need to make a run if they're going to have a chance to beat any NCAA tournament. 
because right now, as it stands in the net rankings, they're 76. So they really need to do some work if they're going to make the tournament. They're currently right now the sixth seed in the Big East tournament. So they would have that first round bye, which is very big for them. Um, actually, not first round. I'm sorry. They would be playing, you know, a Georgetown team. So that's Georgetown much, on Wednesday right. night in the Big East. Right. Georgetown's going to get absolutely throttled. I'm saying if they beat UConn, they have a viable path because they're going to beat you. If they beat UConn, then you could pretty much glance over Georgetown, focus on your next game. It's the um, you have a nice fun time the following day. Whether right. they play, if they win that game, they would be playing the three seed in the uh. Which is probably Crane and Nova Crane in MSG, which is pretty much going to be a Nova crowd anyway. There, it's gonna, it's going to be split Nova UConn. Might be Providence. Providence right now is the three seed, uh, or it could be Xavier. They're both tied for three right now, or two, I should say. I thought Crane was a. Uh, I guess Crane's, no, Crane's the four. Crane's, Crane's the four seed. Yep. Ooh, I thought Crane was the four seed. So either Providence or Xavier. Xavier scares. I don't know who would. Rather, I don't know if I'm Nova. Who would I rather play, Providence or Xavier? That's a tough one because you have Sean Miller Providence. and you have Ed, and you have Ed Cooley. Right. I think you're out uh, because here's the thing: Providence travels. Right. Providence, but he but they don't play that well on the road. Here's the thing: I think if St. John's can beat Providence, I'd rather play Providence. That's probably my theory too, honestly. Because if St. John's could beat one of you guys, then that's 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 a bad problem. St. John's had a bad. close game with Xavier. They had a one possession game with Xavier, but they lost that game. But as you and I both know, Johnson, close does not count. Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, I'm just going to pick UConn because you know what? When it comes down to, you know, NCAA, you know, when it comes down to the tournament in Mass Square Garden, UConn thrives in that environment, to say the least. They have been electric, and they cardiac travel very Kemba. well when it comes down to, yeah, I mean, Cardiac Kemba, that's the biggest prime example. Um, I it's it's kind of like the, one of the big UConn years where they haven't looked the greatest. They've been, you know kind of in the middle of the pack. And I could see that being a type of team that where they could just make that type of a run. If the season ended today, they'd be playing Creighton in the first round. I think they could get by Creighton and then move on to this to the next to the semifinals. So they have a legitimate shot to make it there. The question is going to be, can they keep it a well-rounded team? Because it hasn't seemed like that all season. They've been kind of, you know, looking like they're going to be a top team in the conference, and then they just start to falter. And you alluded to, you know, we talked about it earlier. I mean, St. John's even beat them at one point in the season, and that's really where it started for them. Um, I just think that they know how to play in Madison Square Garden, and I just think that they could make another type of run. I would have picked Marquette, but Grayson already picked them, so for the culture, I don't really want to take a team that's already been taken. If I had to take someone else, it would probably be Xavier because I have liked what I've seen from the Musketeers this season. And it looks like Xavier's absolutely throttling Providence. Providence has six points scored for the first uh, eight minutes of this game, so right. not having a good time. Uh, at, the, at the big game, because like I said, the, the, those teams are exactly those teams are right neck and neck with each other in seeding. So when it comes down to it, whoever wins that game is going to be the two seed in the Big East tournament. So. Huge game, huge implications down to it. But let's get into the next conference, and that is the Big Ten, which is the one I forgot about somehow when we talked about it earlier. But this has been a great conference. You know, Johnson is looking like he's going to maybe you know pick Purdue to win the entire thing. That We don't know if that's the actual case, but we'll have to see. Uh, you have other teams like Maryland. Teams like Michigan are on the bubble. Northwestern, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan State, Illinois, Rutgers. Another te- a bubble team in Wisconsin, another bubble team in Penn State. There's a lot of good teams in the Big Ten. If you know, listening off those, that's just ten teams right there that could potentially make the NCAA tournament this season. Now, again, I went with Purdue, and that's because I I think they have the best player in the whole tournament. We may not be the best draft prospect, but they have Zach Eady. I remember seeing him a couple of years ago. Like, oh my god, this dude is huge. And when it comes time for the conference tournament and when it comes time for March Madness, when the game slows down, they're going to give the ball to their skilled big man who's going to be able to go in the post and he's going to score at will. You remember, Taco, you remember Taco Fall versus Duke a couple of years ago. You, yeah. UCF should have won that game because they had Taco Fall. It doesn't matter that they had Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. didn't matter. They had Taco Fall, the biggest guy on the court. The game slowed down. And to me, that's the most important here. The 80s a problem. Like, 
he doesn't even have to play that many minutes to be impact. He's kind of like Jokic, where like he doesn't have to play a lot of minutes to be extremely impactful in a game. He gets wards. He scores. Sure, I mean, if, I think that's where the comparison ends, though. He doesn't have to play a oh, lot yeah, of minutes no. to be impactful. That's, that's where every analysis begins and ends right there. Yeah, but, I mean, that for me, that's huge for a team like them. Like, if he's going to give you whatever it is, say 20 minutes, if he 25, but is effective in those 25 minutes, he'll win you a game in those 25 minutes, potentially. I don't uh, know. Maybe that's just a so me it sounds thing. Like it so, so it sounds like you're picking Purdue. Oh, 100 percent. It's not. They should coast to a Big Ten championship. Nick, are you picking? Uh, who are you picking? Uh, I, Purdue is probably going to win, but for the culture, I won't take them. Um, I want to take one of these teams that are kind of on the bubble and need to make a statement, and. As much as I would love to take Northwestern for the culture, they've having a great magical season. I think Michigan could make a little bit of a sneaky run to win the entire thing. Okay. I think it's a make or break. Right now, they're currently on the outside in. They're kind of like North Carolina, like I alluded to earlier. Michigan needs to do some work at the end of the season to make the NCAA tournament. They're currently one of the next four out, according to Joe Lenardi, and they're behind you know some of their conference you know foes like Wisconsin on the bubble. So they really need to make some work down the stretch of the season. And they're the three seed in the big E in the big 10. I was a big East, but they could easily be the number two seed. They're tied with Maryland and Northwestern right now for that conference standing. So Michigan has a chance to make that type of run. The only team that would, you know, the teams that would scare me the most would be obviously Purdue. And then I could see Indiana even winning it too. I think Mike Woodson's done a great job with that team. They've got a nice culture being built there. And I think the Hoosiers sooner rather than later are going to be a very, very dangerous team for the Big Ten. And for the culture, uh, Rutgers is going to be the winner in my heart. So <laughs> shout out James Gandolfini, uh, New Jersey legend. I hope I hope Rutgers win, but I'm going to pick Purdue. That's I would personally want to see Rutgers win, but again, I'm going to pick Purdue. Uh, I don't blame. I, I, that, that's why I take a different team because I don't it's want to, not to pick yeah. Purdue. It's really like, tough to not pick Purdue. The only reason I took Kansas earlier, and we all pretty much took Kansas, is because I think it's just they have the national championship. They have home, they have home, home they field, have home too. Right. I think if any team that could out, you know, it. Northwestern could easily benefit from that home field because you got to remember they're, they, the bracket, the, the tournament's in Illinois. So that could help the Wildcats, but I think they've already solidified their positioning into the tournament. I think a team like Michigan, it, it's do or die for them. And I think Jawan Howard is going to, you know, get his guys going, and that will be just enough to win the tournament. But Purdue is most likely, in my opinion, probably going to win it. But for culture, I'll just take I'll just take Michigan so that we all don't take them. All right. Okay. So we have, we've gone over the Big Ten. We've gone over the uh, Big 12, ACC, uh, Big East. That leaves two power uh, six teams left. Would you like us like, want to start with the SEC or the Mid-12? I mean the Pac-12. We're going to the Pac-12. You mean the Bum-12? We'll go to the Pac-12 because there's a couple teams in the Pac-12. You know, obviously we have UCLA and Arizona. They're locks for sure. USC is pretty much a lock as well. You have teams like Arizona State and Oregon that are on the bubble. But after that, it really, you know, kind of gets into a downhill for the when it comes down to net rankings for the Pac-12 to get into the tournament. Utah would have to do a lot of work. The same thing with Arizona State, realistically. Oregon, in my opinion, just needs one win, maybe two in the conference tournament to make it there. But to me, honestly, this looks like it's pretty much UCLA's uh, tournament to lose because I think they're that good. Now, Nick, I'd agree it's, with all, that. It's, it's all fun and games until Oregon. You realize that Oregon's playing California in like a week. Well, actually, we're <laughs> playing them tomorrow. So it's going to be all fun games when Oregon loses to Cal tomorrow and they give them the fourth win of the season. And Oregon's out of is out of everything at this point. <laughs> that would, yeah, that would, that would immediately end it. it for sure. I mean, if oh, they Lord. lose to Cal, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, they're 3-26. This team might be worse than Georgetown. I think they are worse they than have, Georgetown. They have two wins of conference play, and that's against Colorado and Stanford. Because I don't know. Because at least Georgetown had the, had, at least the, didn't have the audacity to lose every like non-conference game. This is just abysmal. <laughs> Honestly, though, like if Oregon loses to Cal, fire the whole staff. 
Like they don't deserve to be coaching. Yeah. Uh, so Nick, you going with UCLA? I'm gonna go with UCLA. Yeah. Give me Arizona. Uh, I'm gonna pick something, pick different. Okay. Arizona has been a really good team this year. A little bit on the on the rated side. They're six and two in quad one wins. I know they didn't only had eight opportunities. They had a really, uh, I guess, a hiccup versus Washington State. That's their worst loss of the year. But other than that, they've taken care of business versus everyone else. I think they're an under underrated team this year. Feed me USC. Give me the Trojans. Okay. USC. Any reason behind USC? Um, no, I got nothing. I just All want right. to be different. He just, wants, he just wants a sexy pick. Yeah. All right. I mean, USC to me is the is is the dark horse here. So. Yeah. And it's I, not a bad pick. They, they've been decent this year. They're definitely locked for the tournament, and they have a chance of winning it. Uh. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a, they're definitely the sleeper pick here. Honestly, I just wanted to be different than everybody else. No, that's fair. That's why that's why I've been doing. For and they were my educate. Uh, they were my job. my next educated guest pick. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. And then we'll get into the final conference, the SEC, and it's been another good year for the SEC. But if you look down to it, it seems as if there's probably only going to be what maybe four teams, maybe a fifth in Texas A and M. I'm not sure. You know, right now, currently, Mississippi State is on the outside looking in, according to... Or actually, no, correction, correcting myself. They're one of the last four teams in for the NCAA tournament. So, Mississippi State has a chance to make it. So, other than that, you got teams like Alabama, the number two team in the country. Texas A&M is ranked. Kentucky and Tennessee are also ranked. So, those are the top four for the SEC. And as I said, Mississippi State, they're on the outside, but... A win realistically could just solidify their spot into the NCAA tournament. Um, not everything is, you know, when you look down to bracketology, not everything is correct when it comes down to George Lenardi. So you're just, you know, taking an educated guess as to what this tournament could be. Mississippi State could be one of those last four teams in, but teams like North see, Carolina and Michigan or Clemson or Texas Tech could make see, a better resume. See, this is prime example why I can't take Lenardi seriously. He has eight teams in there right now for the SEC. I see six. I, I just don't see how. He has Mississippi State, and I think he has Mizzou in there, too. Or maybe Florida. Yeah. Mizzou has had a, a, a... Like, their record on paper is good, and they have a couple, you know, good quad one wins, but it's tough. I don't see eight teams from the SEC getting in there. He has Mizzou as an eight C, which I think is... Outrageous. Um, Mizzou is an eight seed. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. I think one of the I, I biggest things for Mississippi State, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but for them, it's some of their quad one wins. I mean, they have a win against Marquette, and right now that looks like a great win. Um, TCU was ranked 11 at the time. They're still ranked, so that's helping them. And Texas A&M, who they beat just recently, they're still ranked right now. So that's really helping you know, the Bulldogs potentially get into the NCAA tournament. But it's really make or break down the stretch of the season. And I, I just, I don't know about six teams making it. I could see five, but six, I, I just think, I, think I don't you're know about Missouri. For five. You're locked for five. I, I mean, I, I think with how weak the bubble is, Mizzou is kind of a lock. And that's kind of sad to see. This I, is th- a really, I think you're right about that. This is a really weak bubble this year. That's my problem. Right. You have teams on the bubble right now, like Charleston, which I don't think deserves to make it. But, Boise State doesn't belong anywhere near this bubble, yet they're here. They are, <laughs> and Mississippi State's also on the bubble New as Mexico. well. So you, New Mexico, you have these exactly. You have these teams that shouldn't be near the bubble, but here they are. Yeah, uh, I agree. With so that. with that being said, give guys who are taking the win the SEC tournament. Um, I guess I'll go first. For my heart, I'm picking Auburn. All right, and you'll be drug tested after yeah. this podcast. Oh, he said for his, he said for his heart. What's his actual pick? My actual pick, I'm going Tennessee. Okay, that's that's a safe pick. Yeah, that's a safe pick. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate it. It's it's a good pick. <laughs> My heart pick though will live and die with Auburn. There's just they they can't make the tournament this year, right? Because they have the sanctions and stuff. Am I wrong? Uh, I believe so. Yes, right. Because yeah, I, I didn't so. see them in the tournament, so I think that they think they're under sanctions still from uh, the whole thing. With Bruce no, they're Carl. a bubble team. Are they a bubble team? Hmm. I guess the sanctions were, were no. I right, no, they're there, they're there, they're there. And the Lenari's back, and he has. Uh, because when they they had the sanctions too. I but. thought they did too. So yeah, Auburn. Uh, that this, this is another. They're another team. You're right, Grayson. They're they're a bubble team, and they could easily. They need to win maybe one or two games just to get 
into the tournament, but they pretty much they probably make it into the tournament because if you look at their net ranking, they're thirty seven. So yeah, they're pretty much seem to be a quote unquote lock for the tournament, but it's really going to come down to remember the, the the biggest thing about these conference tournaments is you're going to see potentially some teams from different conferences, you know, steal those bids for those bubble teams. I, you think you stole, I was about to say, I have a perfect, this is a perfect storm scenario. And I was going later on, but you seem to already jump there and I'm kind of mad you did, but you can finish <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, I just, I think there's a really good chance, especially with how unpredictable the season has gone. There's a really good opportunity for someone to steal a bubble team's tournament bid when it comes down to it. For me personally, for the SEC, I, I think it's really tough to pick against Alabama. I just think they've been so good this season. Nate Oates has has them going really well right now. And I really could see them going all the way and winning a national championship. I just think they're that well-rounded of a team. But you never know. When you have that many expectations, it really could get to your head and it could really lead to you falling down a cliff and, you know, of, of unfortunately getting a big-time upset in the tournament. But Well, I mean, plus they also have uh, an elite shooter on their team. I'm not getting into that. I know where you're going with it. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> Just not That's even going to get into it. Innocent. He's innocent until proven guilty. That's all I'm going to say. That's now. Yeah. You shouldn't be playing. Anyway. That's a whole other conversation to which I'm not going to get into. Josh, I think I know where you're going with this. Really? I think I know who you're going to pick. Okay. I know who I'm going to pick. Would you like, want to take a guess right before I say it? Um, is it going to be Texas A&M? It is Texas A&M. <laughs> you read my mind. The yep. Aggies had a really slow start at the beginning of the year. Not even in consideration for the NCAA tournament. They really picked it up like they did last year. Remember last year, they should have made the NCAA tournament. They had that huge, huge run into the uh, into the SEC tournament. They lost in the championship game. On heartbreaker for them. Everyone thought, okay, Texas, Texas A&M locked for the tournament. They had like 24 wins. They're definitely going to get in there, and they made the net. So we're right. like, what the hell is going on here? And then the Aggies went on. They blew through the entire net, and they won the NIT championship. So they made the best of a bad situation. I think that same magic is going to happen this year. This is a way better team, and they're going to go all the way this year and win the SEC championship. Okay. That's it's possible. Enough. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. Hey, they're 14-3 and three in conference play. They've had... Really, really, like I said, they've had a really bad non-conference, but when it came time to play in the conference, in conference against teams like Bama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, Mizzou, et cetera, et cetera, Arkansas, throw them in there as well as a quality team, they picked it up. And that's where that's where it matters. It matters in conference play. That's fair. Okay. And then... I think we have one last conference, even though we only said we're only doing Power Six. Yeah, I, we uh, we did we were gonna do power six, but I think this conference does deserve some recognition. That is the you know the WCC, and usually in years past it was mostly Gonzaga dominating this tournament, and then you have St. Mary's, you know, BYU us- makes an appearance right. every now and then. Even San Francisco one year they made it; they had a really good tournament run. Um, but this is a pretty solid year for the WCC. Gonzaga's not even the one seed going into their tournament. It is St. Mary's, and they've had a really good season. The question is, Johnson, can they keep that going throughout the tournament? I don't know, because I think Gonzaga is still, in my opinion, probably the favorite to win the whole conference. I still think they are the favorite, too, but I want to give a shout-out to Randy Bennett, who's been the head coach of St. Mary's since 2001, turning them from a 9-20 and team to, I guess, the uh, mid-major powerhouse, which they are today. They've, he's made the Sweet 16 with St. Mary's. He has multiple bids, uh, multiple NIT bids as well, so he's done a really great job there. I think... It, Biggest miscarriage of justice was back in 2015, 2016. Nick, you remember that? St. Mary's, I think, was ranked 20 in the country. And they missed, and the, they missed the NCAA tournament, yep. which was the most asinine thing I've ever seen. So that's how bad the committee can be sometimes. I hope that doesn't happen again this year. I really hope that. But I think with net ranking and all this other stuff, it'll be really hard for them to miss the tournament. They should be a They should be in there. Rock. I just, pray, I just pray the committee doesn't be so stupid again because you gotta, you this team Mary's team really deserves it. No, I mean, you got to look at their, their their current net ranking. They're number seven. They're higher than Gonzaga. There's no way they, they miss it. Yeah, I know. You, you play who's on your on your, uh, on your schedule. On your schedule. Yeah. yeah I mean. But, Johnson, I talked about earlier with the you know teams with potential 
you know, stealing a bid for these bubble teams. Is there any team that you could see maybe stealing a bid from someone? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Boise State. Boise State, okay. Boise State, and I can give you my analysis why Boise State's going to win it. If you take a look where Boise State actually plays, they play in the Mountain West. Like I said, right. Mountain West is a garbage, garbage conference outside of San Diego State. I don't care about Utah State, Nevada, New Mexico. Don't really care. If you really, you're going to tell me this is a universe. This, the Mountain West this year, on paper, is better than the Pac-12, which is bonkers to me. This makes Not no sense. Me. So that's why I think Boise State can beat San Diego State, and San, San Diego State gets that automatic, um, not the automatic, they get the at-large bid, and Boise State comes in, they steal bid. So that's that's my uh, dark horse, I guess, pun intended, to, uh, <laughs> to steal a bid. Do you have anyone, Grayson, or are you just... I think this conference is a trash can. There should be nobody even involved. Well, not even that. Just you'll, that's that's that. I guess it's kind of fair. Um, if I had to pick one team that maybe could steal a tournament bid from someone, maybe look at Memphis in the American, because right now they're one of those teams that are on the bubble and they need to do some kind of work. <laughs> I, I could. They're on the right side of the bubble, though. That's the I, thing. The, the all the only problem, right, is obviously they have to. They would have to be Houston, and Houston's been a, has been a pretty much a wagon this season. In the American, um, so it would be tough. Memphis could easily—I w- I shouldn't say easily—but they could be one of those teams that maybe steal a bid from someone like I, I like a Penn State or a North Carolina that are like trying to get in there, or even like a USC. But that's going to be, you know, interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. Obviously, conference tournaments are pretty much already started with some of the, you know. The mid-majors are already going on. We'll get to the power sixes in just a couple of days, I believe. Um, but being that as in May, is there anything you guys are looking forward to before conference tournament plays and what to look forward to once March Madness starts? So before you're saying before conference tournament play starts? Yeah. So Mike Anderson getting fired, it can't be an answer then? No. We're talking about teams that actually have a chance to make the tournament. Yeah, I know, but you said uh, they, so there's something I'm looking we, forward we're, to. So. Yeah, we're not talking about we don't need to talk about the trash cans. They they're the trash. They don't need they don't deserve any, you know they don't deserve to be talked about on this podcast. Uh this does Georgetown losing another game count towards uh something I'm looking forward to? You don't you don't have to look forward to it because it pretty much happens all the time. I mean, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. They're gonna complete they're gonna they're playing Creighton, Creighton away. They're gonna Finish the season like seven and twenty-five. It's gonna be hilarious. I mean, I guess that's fair enough. But I guess before we sign off today with our podcast, I think uh, Johnson. I don't know if you want to get into it a little bit more, but I think you, I think we need to talk about our uh, March Madness uh, bracket uh, contest that we're going to have for this year, and it's going right. to be a very interesting one to say the least. Right. So before you plug that, I'm gonna plug something else. Oh yeah, this go, Sat- go ahead. This Saturday, Woodbridge Card Show. Uh, come by, say hello. We're going to be set up with a table. Uh, 9 a.m., early buyer, 10 o'clock, general admission. We're going to be there from 9 o'clock to 4 p.m. Woodbridge Card Show in Edison, New Jersey. Come by, say hello, maybe pick up a card, talk some sports, and just hang out for a little bit. So that's Woodbridge Card Show, Edison, New Jersey, this Saturday, uh, March 4th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It should be a good card show to say at least. You know, we have some very interesting stories when it comes down to a lot of these card shows. You need a really a lot of great people there. Like the uh, the guy we met last time that had every single uh, at, least, at least at the time over five hundred home run hitter. Right. Got everyone to sign the poster on, on the exact same spot on everyone's leg, which was incredible. It's a it's a it's a one of a kind piece. So that's these are the kind of stories and experiences and what you see at these shows. You wouldn't see anywhere else. You get to see people's personal collections. So if you don't come by, you're not interested in cards. Just come by and see what people have because you could see a lot of cool stuff at these shows. Right. And then when it, the final thing we have to plug, Johnson, is as I alluded to a couple minutes ago, is our March Madness uh, bracket contest that we're going to be having for this season for a potential nice prize for whoever wins that contest. I wouldn't call it a nice prize. I'd think it's a uh, a decent prize. Yeah, I mean, 
The guy was no one special, but as Nick said, we're going to have a March Madness bracket competition. Three uh, entries into the pool, which will be available on our Instagram, AGNB underscore sports uh, underscore cards. Right. And the prize is going to be a Mario Chalmers autograph. Remember, he had that big game back in 2008 where he yeah, won Derek a national. Rose. Yeah, I mean, it's heartbreaker for Derrick Rose, but really great day for Mario Chalmers in Kansas. Yeah. And I'll be throwing uh, in a card as well, too. So there will be some there will be some March Madness um, you know, stars from years past that will be thrown into this highlighted. contest. Right. That will be highlighted for this contest. And you, the listeners at home, could win these cards if you're able to win the March Madness bracket challenge that yeah, we're going have, to be making. You're going to have a couple entries. The best overall bracket wins it. So it doesn't matter. Listen, you could have a flawless bracket and lose the national championship game. If you have the most points, you have a winner. Right. Easy as that. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a very big time tournament to say the least. As we said earlier in the show, there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes down to this tournament. No team is realistically safe going into March, but this is why we love, you know, the bracket and the NCAA tournament for these type of moments, you know, to watch these big time games, these big time, you know, celebrations from these teams that you didn't think would win. And at the end of the day, they pull off a big time upset or even, you know, achieved their goal at the beginning of the season. But as we've seen from years past, March Madness, the NCAA tournament will for sure be another great spectacle, you know, spectacle, sorry, for the world of college basketball. So we'll have to see how this March Madness goes. We'll get into a little bit, you know, once the bracket is officially out, we'll get into some of the big time matches that we think will happen in this year's NCAA tournament. And maybe if we see an upset or two when it comes down the line for the bracket, but we'll have to wait a couple of weeks to see where these conference tournaments end up going and where this NCAA tournament in general will, you know, tune out, tune out to be for this year's college basketball season. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Another, you know, interesting, interesting conversation here. Obviously, we had Grayson and Andrew with their Big 12 conversation earlier. We'll see how the viewers at home decide what, how, who they agree with. But I'm sure it was all, very interesting to hear, to say the least. Once again, this is Nicholas Moore, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.